This is the unadulterated Word of God, coming to you from Savannah Ministries. We build up believers unto maturity. We raise ministers for the end-time harvest. We preach the Word of God with signs and wonders following. And we use the Word of God to meet the needs of mankind. Hallelujah. Father, we're grateful for the privilege and opportunity to be able to share your word today. For all the marvelous things you've been doing in this great conference, we thank you. Today I yield myself as a tool and vessel in your hands. I ask that you think through my mind, speak through my lips. Let it be all of you and none of me. I publicly declare before your people that except you manifest yourself in this place, I'll fall flat upon my face. I'm totally relying upon you. We vow to give you the glory and honor and praise for all that be accomplished here. We'll be content to receive the blessing. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Please put your hands together. Let's appreciate the Lord one more time. Come on. With a shout of praise. With a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Please sit. Please sit. Thank you. Rev, thank you so much for the honor and privilege of being part of Camp Meeting 2021. Thank you for entrusting. We don't take it for granted. For entrusting us with um, a portion of ministry uh, here at uh, Savannah Grace Chapel globally and worldwide and here in camp meeting. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Greetings from your sister. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) My precious wife. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Whether I like it or not, I'm righteous. I'm implicated. I'm a Savannah person. Whether I like it or not. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir, for going the way you did. You know, you, you you just helped settle me, honestly. Because what the Lord asked me to share and come in today, I've been interceding and praying. But, um, but the Lord helped me through you. Thank you. You're the father of the house. So when you go this way, I'm settled. At least I know that my part is not going to be too destructive. Praise the name of the Lord. Or disruptive. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bible split to Psalm 133. Glory to God. Verse 1. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I, I trust that um, the part that God has given me in this great conference, the Spirit of God will help me bring it out. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. For brethren to dwell together in unity. He said it's like the oil that precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. He's talking about Aaron, the high priest. Upon Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. Hallelujah. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Praise the name of the Lord. In that place, not upon the mountain, but in that place where the brethren lived together in unity, the Bible said, there the Lord commanded the blessing. Even life forevermore. Hallelujah. I was privileged by God, you know, some years ago to, to visit Israel. And um, our tour guide took us by a certain route. And then he showed us that mountain. Hallelujah. That mountain, Hermon. I guess it's, Mount, it's Hermon, right? I think that's what they said there. And he said, there is no time of the year that you do not see. You see clouds and you see a snow cap on the mountain. A cap of snow. He said there's no period of time in the year ever that that is not present. And I just thought about this scripture, the commanded blessing. 
a place where that blessing, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. And when that blessing rests, and we know that that blessing is the, the empowerment to prosper. Hallelujah. When that blessing rests, it's commanded. In other words, it's perpetually at work. There's no downtime on that blessing. Hallelujah. It's always working. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Now we also understand this as we come into the New Testament, all of that, that the blessedness of the gospel is what Christ did for us. That when he gave himself as a sacrifice for us, and God looked at that sacrifice and accepted it, that the blessing also was commanded upon us. So we understand that the reason why that blessing, that empowerment is perpetually at work, is when we keep looking at what Christ has done for us. Are you here somebody? But my thoughts this morning is, this, the devil knows this principle. Hallelujah. And he knows that, listen, you can, you, can, you can be great. We can be great as individuals, individual believers. We can be great as individual ministries. But the devil knows that we'll never come to the measure of what God's plan for greatness is until there's some kind of a coming together. You know, I understood this long time ago. The Lord showed me that, that no matter how anointed a man is, no man can take a city. No ministry can take a city. If you do a little observation, you look at the world and see it. We have great ministries coming out of Nigeria. You see people like, I mean, like Christ Embassy, Living Faith, Redeemed, Deeper Life, all of them, uh, Mountain of Fire, all of those people doing what God has called them to do. And when you look at it, this Nigeria has, has such a saturation of preaching, hallelujah, but very little penetration with the gospel. Mass crusades gather crowds. And I'm excited about that. But the Bible did not say that Jesus called us to gather crowds and to make people confess Jesus as Lord. He called us to make people disciples, followers of Jesus. People that are established in the truth of the gospel. So whilst I appreciate what is going on, hallelujah, and it's all part of God's plan, but I understand that there must be something that we must progress beyond. Praise the Lord. If at all we're going to reach the... See, listen. Um, the nation. This, this nation is bred before God. But the only challenge, Nigeria has only one challenge. And the only challenge of Nigeria is that we have not achieved unity in the spirit as the church. And of course, that does not mean coming together for prayer meetings. That does not mean, you know, coming together under one, whole, one general banner, an organizational banner. Whilst those things may have their, you know, their benefit. Praise the Lord. But there's something that God is looking for, I believe, in the church. It's amazing to me that the Bible says concerning Abram, after that he had separated and parted ways with Lot. Remember what caused that dilemma? Lot had been somebody that was a beneficiary of Abram's blessing. Lot was the one that was carried along as a result of Abram's disobedience. He loved Lot so much that when God says separate yourself from everybody and leave, the Bible says, and Lot went with him. He took Lot because he loved him so much. And you see that um, when Lot grew strong under the blessing and influence of his uncle Abram, the Bible said that there was a striving that took place between Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. Now I ask myself, there's no way, I mean, they, both of them became very great and then their servants began to I mean, have quarrels and quarrels and strivings. And I always ask myself that question because, um, you see, the Bible is a real book written in real time. And it's real people. The tendency is that what they were experiencing, you are also experiencing right now. So there's nobody can, that can convince me that Lot did not know that there was trouble between his herdsmen and his uncle's husband. 
Nobody will convince me. He knew about it. He did not, he did not stop it. He did not damn it. I mean, sorry, he didn't do anything to broker peace. But he continued that way. And we can see Lot's impunity. When Abraham called him, who was the older one, he called him and said, come, we are brethren. And this place, this is his younger, younger, younger guy. Oh, this guy grew under him. Oh. But he said, look, we are brethren. Come. It's not good that we be striving. Out, out, we'll be fighting with you ourselves. He said, it's not the land before us. You know the story. And Lot looked and he chose the best place. You could see Lot's impunity. Oh, hallelujah. You know that Lot's head was not correct. He forgot that he's, he grew under this man's blessing. And he sat down. I said, Reverend, help me to preach this. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm settled now. If not, I may not have gone this way. I may have changed my message. But this is what the Holy Ghost asked me to share. There's, there's somewhere I'm going well, right there by God's grace. He did not calm his nephew down. I mean, he did not calm. He saw you to come and say, ah, uncle, no, 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 no. I came here and I know that it is the blessing on you that has prospered me. No, no, no. This is not how it's going to be. Apart from that, you are older than me. Apart from that, you are older than me. Apart from that, you are older, 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 older than me. Apart from that, you are older than me. Kyrie, thank you so much, sir. The Bible says, even people who are anointed and by the reason of the anointing on your life, you attract people that are older than you. You treat them as elders. You treat them as elders. You see, 20-something-year-old pastor, an 80-year-old man will come and say, kneel down. Then just lay hands on him. Bah! Something is wrong with his head. They need to iron that head like this. You know this old singer machine? That's what the hands are You see, these little, little things, these little, little things are, are the things that are stopping us from taking our cities and our nations. We can, be, we can rise and become great individually, but we'll just be dispersed light. And Satan will be taking our cities and nations because of foolishness. So, Lord didn't do that. You could see his impunity. So, when, when he did that and he went away, you know, I mean, he went and chose the best place. What he saw was the best place. Abraham said, oh, no problem. And then, in Genesis 13, as we know, verse 4, verse 6, God met him, Abraham, and said, Abraham, lift up now thine eyes from the place where you are and look. Praise the name of the Lord. But before then, before then, let me try and locate this. Hallelujah. Genesis 13. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Rev, thank you so much, sir. I'm so grateful. Glory to God forevermore. I said, glory to God forevermore. Yeah. And the Lord said unto Abraham, verse 14, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where they are. And I asked myself, why did, Abraham, why did God ask Abraham to lift up his eyes? Because Abraham's eyes were dead. He was, he was beaten. He was, he was, I mean, Lot pierced him. He was dejected. He was discouraged. I guess you're thinking, is this how life is? Aye, oh. Aye, buruku. This is how life is. You help people and they enjoy you. Is that life? God, is this life? You raise people and they enjoy you. Is that life? <laughs> That's life, Abraham. That's life, buddy. That's life. You just learn to walk in love, man. Now, he lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, westward, eastward, all the land have, he said, all the, all, um, 
All for all the land that thou seest to thee will I give it unto thy seed forever. Hallelujah. In other words, even that place Lot went to is yours. My goodness. I said, my goodness. It was God's plan, I believe, for him to have inheritance in Abraham. But look at what Abraham did. It was Abraham that still went to rescue Lot. That's what being big in the spirit is all about. Oh, hallelujah. That's what being great in the spirit is all about. And my point is that when he went to rescue Lot, the Bible said he had 318 servants trained in his house. I was so blessed by what Dr. Karras was teaching yesterday. Trained in his house. And I asked myself, what did he train them with? 318 servants went and defeated five kings and their mercenary armies. These were not pushover kings. King. These were skilled men. These were terrible terrorists and mercenaries. Five kings and their armies. 318 men trained in his house. And I asked myself, what did he train them with? Abraham was not a military man. But you see, you cannot give anything you don't have. I believe what he trained them with was the same thing God showed him when he said, Abraham, look to the stars. And he showed him the sacrifice of Jesus. When he taught him about righteousness, when he taught him about the blood covenant, when he taught him that his sins are forgiven, glory to God forevermore, when he taught him that he's flawless, like Rebbe always say, when he taught him that when you go into battle, don't look at your performance, look at the performance of one that's been sacrificed for you. My God. He taught this man that, and 318 people cleared five kings. I'm sure those guys must have done blood sacrifice. They were chanting all kind of things. I hear somebody. And angels went forth and just subdued those armies. They were trained in the covenant. I said they were trained in the covenant. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm confident with the whole of my heart that even though Abraham knew that covenant and operated in it, if he had not been the kind of person he did and understood how to deal with what I'm going to get to now, he would, that covenant would not have worked for him, may not have worked for him to the extent that it must have worked for him. Eh, the Bible knows, Bible, Satan knows Psalm 133. Are you here somebody? He understands what the unity of the brethren can do. I'm, I was getting there. I want, I'll talk a little bit about unity. It won't be different too much from what Rev has said and Pastor Kara said yesterday. But Satan knows what will happen when brethren get together in unity. Praise the Lord. That place of the commanded blessing. That place where our eyes are on what Christ has done. And the blessing breaks forth wild upon us like Reverend Tukula will say. That place where at every point in time there is no shadow of doubt concerning God's performance. No shadow of doubt. He knows that if he can get us out of that place, praise the name of the Lord, he can shut down that blessing. Are you here somebody? And I see that there are two major weapons that the devil has against, uses against the church. The first is deception. Actually, like you all know, Satan has no power. Or let me put it this way. His only power is his ability to deceive. That's why if you go to Revelation chapter 20 verses 3 and 8. You see that even after the thousand year period in eschatology when he was kept in the bottomless pit and Jesus and us reign on the earth for a thousand years. Time still there. To leave this earth. God's program is still very far. <laughs> There's still another thousand years. One thousand on this earth. So I know Jesus is coming soon. I really know he's coming soon. But you know, my little philosophy is this, you know, plan like he's coming in a thousand years, live like he's coming today. Because nobody knows, oh, that soon, maybe sooner or later than you think, sailor. 
So just be doing your thing with diligence. So he knows what will happen when he gets the brethren out of that flow. Praise the name of the Lord. Deception. So when he came out of the bottomless pit, the Bible said the only thing he came out to do was he went to and fro to deceive the nations. I like saying it this way. Satan is a master illusionist. That's why one of the greatest honors God has given us is to walk by faith and not by sight. Look at what Christ has done for us. Because Satan is a master illusionist. You know, I'm sure quite a few of us have visited Coca-Cola, you know, the headquarters there in Atlanta. And, you know, when they take you through that tour, there's one place that they have that, um, you know, the time I went there, just changed the, renovated that um, place where they show you that movie. You know, Musi, you know that place where you put those, where those special effects are. Ah, Bush Boy from Kanke. <laughs> I prayed in tongues that day. <laughs> but, of course, I was not ready for what I was expressing. <laughs> when the whole seat there will be shaking, and then they'll be throwing things like javelin, then it will look like it's coming to your eye. And you'll like, ah, I'll be touching like this. I'm sure people at the side wondering, what's this guy doing? Yeah, this guy, obviously, this guy just came on the scene. <laughs> Satan's a master illusionist. He can put in the sounds and the special effects. The smoke and the colors and the visuals. And you will see yourself established in broke. If you don't do what, hap- what Prasakar is taught yesterday. I mean, you, know, not, you, you yourself will be your own evangelist. You tell yourself, no, no, no problem about that. Or you just see yourself dead with a disease. Master illusionist. Putting all the feelings. Meanwhile, it's a lie. I said it's a lie. I said it's a lie. And the only thing that can deal with Satan's lies is the truth of the gospel. Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth. Separate them. Thy word is truth or thy word is reality. So if these things, like Pascal was saying yesterday, have, don't become a persuasion in us and a conviction in us. I hear somebody. Where the, the pictures that are playing constantly in our hearts are these scenes from what Christ has done for us. There's no way you can defeat lies. You will go that way. No man on earth, no human being on earth is greater than their progressive understanding of the truth of the gospel. Nobody is greater. Are you here, somebody? For that's what brings faith. Glory to God forevermore. I said glory to God forevermore. So deception is his master tool. And the only way you can deal with this truth. But why I want to land on what I feel my little assignment in coming in this year is, is this. The second main weapon he has against the church is strife. And that's my assignment. Strife. Glory to God. Some, uh, all of us are going to experience it. You know, God's challenge is not the world. His challenge is the church. We're going to look at some things and you discover that Paul was talking, we'll look at some things that Paul was saying and he was not talking to unbelievers because they're not a problem. They're not a problem. He's talking to believers. He's talking to brethren. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. Brethren. Yes, I know this in the Old Testament setting, but we can, we know, we, we can connect it in the New Testament. To, we know that when you're talking about brethren, you're talking about those who have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, right? And we are at least agreed on that. The moment you come into that brotherhood, the moment you come into that fellowship, the moment you're called a saint, praise the Lord. That's who he's addressing. Praise God forevermore. Strife in the world is not his problem. His challenge, he, he, I mean, he doesn't have a problem with that. I mean, they have, strife is their default setting. That's just the way they are. They don't have eternal life in them. 
But his challenge is strife in the body of Christ. And Abraham, thank God, is a father of faith. Hallelujah. And I'm so inspired by how he handled that situation. That shows that he's a covenant man. When he went in to bring out Lot, praise the name of the Lord, he didn't do it with an I told you so attitude. Or you try me, you see what will happen. No, because the one that walks, I'm going ahead of myself, the one that walks in the love of God is the big one. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Is the large one. Are you here, somebody? Glory to God forevermore. I said, glory to God forevermore. So let's look at this a little bit. First Corinthians chapter, chapter three, verse one. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Paul the Apostle now talking. Notice he was talking to the church in Corinth, and of course we understand that all the all the these are letters written to the church now, written to you and me. We understand that. So this Paul is not talking to people outside the covenant. He was not talking to people outside of Christ. And we know by church history that the Corinthian church was the most highly developed in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. He's the one, he, Paul, Paul used to give all the classic teachings on those three spiritual things. The body of Christ, ministry gifts, and manifestations of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. Yet they were the most carnal bunch. So that your flowing in the grace and anointing of God doesn't make you spiritual. That's why they're called gifts. The only thing you do with the gift is you receive it. You can position yourself and develop through fellowship and enhance them in your life. But that does not mean that you are yielded to the spirit of God does not make you spiritual. If I preach wrong, Rev will correct it. But I know it's the truth. This one I know is the truth. So Paul said, I brethren could not speak unto you as spiritual. Ah. Raising the dead. Gathering one million people. I have nothing wrong against that. I'm just trying to make an analogy. I have nothing wrong against it. And we're going to gather millions in Jesus' name. We will. It's part of the blessing. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not knocking that, please. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal. Carnal. Flesh. Meat. Are you here, somebody? You know what that carnal means? It means having the nature of the flesh, being under the control. Are you ready for this? Of animal appetites. You know, there's a tribe in Nigeria when they want to abuse it. Animal. I don't know if you know that tribe. I used to think that they were just, you know, that's just how they were. Until I read this. I said, oh, maybe they read the... <laughs> Governed by mere human nature, not the spirit of God. Actually, carnality of being fleshly is simply the unrenewed mind in manifestation. A way of thinking that's not consistent with God's word or like we're defining it in meaning the truth of the gospel. When your mind is not renewed to the truth of the gospel, those are the things that will begin to flesh out of you, come out of you. Praise the name of the Lord. So Paul said, I'm not speaking to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Hallelujah. So he was not condemning them, but like Greg was talking, he was talking about spiritual development. I know many people in the body of Christ today that have a problem because when they got into the body of Christ, they were not properly discipled. Some people got into the body of Christ from a lot of prestige or some people came from another, well, Christianity is not a religion, but just for the people who are saying, another religion. I hear somebody. And they were kept as trophies of Christianity. Instead of believers understanding that whoever you are, when you come into Christ, you are, you are blessed because of Christ. We are not blessed because you converted. 
you are blessed because you came to know Christ. So we don't disrespect you or all your achievements, but when you come back, it's our duty to handle you in love and show you in love who you are and where you should be. Go to foundation class. And your testimony should not be highlighted like it's the whole world. I was third to the devil. I was fourth to the devil. Have you? Satan always. How many people have been Satan's wife? How many people have been second in command, third in command? The devil is a liar. All of you are liars like the devil. How many you say wife? I was Satan's this. I was Satan's concubine. Satan's this. So I know some people today. They're set like that now. Because when they came like that, people, ministers, so-called ministers started following them because of their prestige, trying to use their family connections to get something to eat. Contracts and everything. Now those people are set. You can't change them. And they're just messing up. But they're going around like big, big ministers. They're set. So you see, one of the things that understand the truth of the gospel should do for us is that it should, it should cure us of a spiritual inferiority complex. Listen, I'm not saying that we... No, don't disregard people's achievements. People have invested their time, talent, and everything, and God caused the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. We don't knock people down. We don't disgrace them. We don't kick away or say their achievements are nothing. I mean, because if you have a PhD, if you have a PhD in, a, a, in, in nuclear physics like Daddy here, that's, a, that's an achievement. You don't knock it down. If you think it's not a human, go and get it. If you think praying in tongues alone, go and get it now. So you don't knock it down. But when it comes to Christ, it's a leveler. You must understand the difference between somebody's achievement and spiritual development. I heard Ken Copeland saying recently that one of the greatest, one of the greatest um, threats in the body of Christ is an insecure pastor. I said, my God. I wanted to chew that one like boom. I've been saying to myself, when I heard that man say it, are you here somebody? Glory to God forevermore. I've come to understand that when, the, when Paul was talking, one day I was reading that and Paul was talking to the church in Ephesus and he was saying that I have not, I've not withheld anything from you that is profitable. And every time I look at that, you know, I just feel about his experiences, his relationship with the Lord, the revelations God gave him. Until one day the Lord told me, you know what else Paul was talking about there? He said, if you're going to be a good pastor, a good minister of the gospel, then you if God has given you the key or door to open up a local assembly, then you must not withhold from that church any ministry gift that is profitable to them. God, that thing hits me. So he said, I pray them could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto as babes in Christ. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Hitherto you are not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able. He said, for you are yet carnal. Unrenewed mind, yielded to the flesh. A way of thinking that's not consistent with the word of God, the, of, of the truth of, of, of God's word, the truth of the gospel. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Now just look at me like you're not, I'm not talking to you. Because I know I'm talking to somebody that's not in camp meeting today. And God will bring them to listen to this message later on. But no sooner have you joined the body of Christ than you come face to face with this. Are you here, somebody? Paul was not talking to people outside the church or the ecclesia. He was not. Oh. I'm not even talking about the general body of Christ. I'm talking about pockets of local churches. Because you find people who are still in the process of spiritual development. He said, as long as there's envying among you and strife and divisions, you are not carnal. Sorry, you, 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 are you not, I beg your pardon, are you not carnal and walk as men? One translation, walk as mere men. That means we are not to walk as mere men. Oh, hallelujah. 
that means one of the honors that God has given us as we learn to live in life subject to the truth of the gospel is that the limitations of this world should not limit us. Dr. Caris really talked about that yesterday. Hallelujah. We're not to live under the boundaries of this world. You go and look at our, our forefather, father of faith, Abraham, and look at his life, the life of man under the blessing. See, wherever he went, <laughs> you don't have the privilege of mentoring a few young men and all of that. And sometimes when they're business world, you know, in different places, you know, and everything, I always tell them, remember who you are. Remember what you have. And remember that you are the one with the answer. I said, don't be cocky, don't be proud, but understand the way of the blessing. Anyone that participates with you, praise the Lord, you will bless them. Praise the name of the Lord. But anyone that does not participate with you, and I've seen this happen over and over and over again. I'm not saying you should cocky or anything, but I'm saying this, whenever you find a contention, it's because God has put you ahead of. The destinations that, and I've seen the blessing do that for so many, put them over and over. The people that they met that look so big, God will make them the answer. God will make them the answer. God will do something that will make them the answer for something that big person needs, that so-called big person needs. And you, do, you use that to just put them on top. The blessing always puts you on top if you follow that way. Are you here, somebody? He said, are you, are you not candle and walk as mere men? Now look at it. He said, for a while one said, I'm of Paul. And another, I'm of Apollos. Are you not dear candle? He said, who is Apollos? Paul, who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you are believed, even as the Lord gave every man. Hallelujah. So this was going on in the church. Hallelujah. They had favorite ministers. <laughs> Imagine Baba Paul. Who was Apollos that came way after Paul? But look at Paul. Baba Apostle was contending. They were, they were, they were categorizing Paul and saying, Kai, no, 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 Polo, Polo, you're great, but this is Apollos guy. Your flow, you here. So the whole thing became like games. The whole thing became like Premier League. <laughs> So Paul said, okay, let me eye on somebody. He said, yeah. He said, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed. Glory to the name of the Lord. This is the Corinthian church. These are guys who are flowing the gifts of the spirit. I mean, miracles, all kinds of things taking place. Are you here, somebody? But ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave every man. Then he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Oh, Hallelujah. Then he says, so then neither is he that planteth anything, but neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man receives his own labor according to his, I mean his own reward, according to his own labor. Hallelujah. Then he said, we are laborers together with God. All of us are just laborers together with God. The big guy to look at here is Christ and what he has done. All of us are just gifted. All of us are just ministers. All of us just have a part to bring. Are you here somebody? But the big guy to look at is God. Glory to God forevermore. So we're just to enjoy the gifts and graces of God. Are you here somebody? I know that everyone has been given to us to do something in our destinies. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, let's move on please to Thank you Lord. I said thank you Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You see the devil knows that he doesn't have to do too many things. All he needs to do is one thing. Not 10, not 20, not 100. All he needs to do is to come and sow strife. I know Corinth, um, Proverbs 20 verse 30, I mean Proverbs 23 says, it is an honor for a man to cease from strife. It's an honor. Praise the name of the Lord. I say it's an honor. 
In other words, strife strips you of honor. Satan doesn't have to do too many things. Though. Just bring strife between the brethren. So I see, because, see, I was talking about those 318 people. We don't need to be a million to change Nigeria. No, we don't. No, we don't. Look at that. Look at the law of proportions now. 318 trained men defeated five kings, the armies. Remember what God did with um, Joshua? He scaled down his men from 38,000 fighting men. I know at 38,000 fighting men, the Bible said the Midianites, when they come on Israel like this, they cover Israel like grasshoppers. So maybe in our estimation, we could say they were, the armies were in the hundreds of thousands. They just had 38,000 men. And Joshua was feeling, oh, okay, 38,000 men. All of us have been hiding, but God assembled 38,000. Wonderful. And God keep, kept whittling it down, whittling it down until he got to 300. Less than the tithe of the tithe. Oh, God delights in using foolish things to compound the wise. Weak things to compound the strong. My brother, my sister, the blessing is enough. The honor of the blessing is enough. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If we are properly positioned, it's enough to take over anywhere that we are. So with 300 people, less than a tithe of the tithe, God used it to give Joshua a very convincing victory. Very convincing. And that will be somebody's portion. I said that was somebody's portion. You know, it is little hinges that swing open big doors. Somebody's also malakaya. Somebody's just going to make a little adjustment this morning. Little adjustment this morning. And some things you've been waiting for for a long time will start dropping into your space. As a matter of fact, the truth be told is that this is going to be the sweetest Christmas you have ever known. This is going to be the sweetest Christmas you've ever known. This is going to be the sweetest year end you've ever known. Because your desires are dropping upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that, beseech you that you walk, or beg you that you walk worthy of the vocation or calling. is calling here. Where you are called. So you are called to this. Praise the name of the Lord. You are called to this. Then he begins to tell us what we are called to. With all loneliness and meekness. With long suffering. Hallelujah. Forbearing one another in love. Hallelujah. Forbearing. Paying it in advance. Knowing that in the body of Christ, as we're all growing up at different levels of revelation and understanding, some people are not going to be operating at the level you think they should. Praise the name of the Lord. And why is that? No big revelation. They're not there yet. But they can grow. I said they can grow. If you give them the environment to grow. The same environment that God gave you to grow. Praise the name of the Lord. The same environment that God accepted you in Christ acceptance without performance the environment of love praise the name of the lord that will cause people to grow in that environment you keep seeding the truth of god's word the truth of the gospel in an environment where there's acceptance without performance and they start growing and growing and growing and growing are you here somebody if somebody took a club and hit you on the head for everything you did wrong where would you be today if my mother's flying slipper always located target, I'll not be preaching before you right now. My mother's flying slipper is not an idiom. It's, it's not an idiom, sir. It's not a figure of speech. And let me tell you, let me qualify the slipper. Shawl. I mean, a skull. Skull. Not the rubber one. No. Projectile. Then the mercy of God would just show me a flying image. I would just do this. Then I wonder, is that my mother? <laughs> I know she's not watching, so I'm bold. 
She's a refined version of herself right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that kind of helped me. That kind of helped me. I remember one time that we were sitting down, we are doing time stable. You know how we do it now. So we're doing that. And I don't know. And you see, fear is not good. She did the best she knew. You don't raise people in an environment of fear. Fear shuts your potential. So all I was thinking, I knew this thing, but all I was thinking, let me not make a mistake because I knew the consequence of making that mistake. So I sat in that place and she just asked me something. What is eight times something? And my younger brother was there. This was my grade, but this was far below. He had not even started the times table at all. But this was, so what is eight times something? I froze. Do you know this boy is the devil that inspired him that day? Because I know, even when I asked him later, I know he didn't know it. He just, he just, he just said, it's a wild guess. Why is your wild guess right? I said, what is eight times seven? Fifty-six. I looked at him. There were two things in my heart. I'm dead. But you, my, you're dead. <laughs> now, you know, there's, when the Bible said there was a moment of silence in heaven for like half an hour. When they were saying, who can come and take, who is worthy to come and take the book? So there was that silence. It sounded like a whole day silence. I knew what was coming. and I knew I couldn't move. I had to face it. And... True to my mom's own nature, she delivered. I said, this boy has finished me today, but he's dead. He's D-A-E-D-E-A-D dead. (laughs) But the environment that you give people to grow is acceptance without performance. You keep loving them and showing them the truth. And in that environment, you can correct without condemning. When people know that they are accepted without performance, then you can correct without condemning. Then people grow. Are you here, somebody? But look at this. Forbearing one another in love. Hallelujah. In love. So we're talking about the weapon of strife that the devil uses and how to defeat it. Praise the name of the Lord. In love. Why why is Paul telling this? He's talking to the church. In Corinthians, he's talking to believers. Ephesians, talking to believers. Not people outside. Listen, it is only people that are close to you that can step on your toes, sir. If they're not close. Pastor, if we're not close to each other, I can't step on your toes. Listen, it's not people really that are far away that can hurt you. Oh, hallelujah. Satan understands that, so he's going to do everything. Because he knows what will happen when brethren get in strife and discord. Remember the commanded blessing. Are you here somebody? So he said we must forbear one another in love. Verse 3. Now this is our calling. We must endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. In the bond of peace. Glory to God. Endeavor means there must be a diligent effort. And if there's going to be a diligent effort. Being forewarned is being forearmed. It's not that you go around looking for it, but you understand that if it happens, glory to God forevermore. Are you here, somebody? There's supposed to be an approach. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That means brethren are going to from time to time have occasion for disagreement. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We're going to have occasion for disagreement. We're not always going to see things eye to eye. Even husband and wife. Hallelujah. I know Pastor Elizabeth is watching me right now and I know that um, she'll understand what I'm saying now. Praise the Lord. So let me just say it so that she'll know that I'm preparing the ground. Hallelujah. So there'll be no cold days when I get back home. 
But she, she likes draw soup. And I don't particularly like draw soup. <laughs> There's one thing we ate in the days of our growing up. We had some rough times when we lost our dad. And there was one soup. People from the north will know it. Me and Kuka. We ate Kuka. Oh. My brother said, I've eaten enough Kuka for my generations. <laughs> one minister of gospel said when he was growing up, all his friends and everything, the babies and everything around them, they were bringing them up with cell like everything. So when he became a bishop and he grew up, he said he's going to pay back. So he started buying the largest size of Serilac. <laughs> Let me leave that. My time is going. Are you here, somebody? Endeavoring to keep the unit in the spirit bond of peace. So my wife likes draw soup. I don't particularly like it. I'm, I'm kind of liking it now. But I didn't particularly like it. So every time I look at it, she was like, this is nice. I said, I don't like it. I said, can you give me something I like? I said, I don't like draw soup. <laughs> But now I'm kind of liking. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Endeavoring to keep the unit. <laughs> Political savvy. Political savvy. Mangala Maya. It's good for a man to be at peace in his home. There are some things that are not very important, Reverend Tokula. Political savvy. Hallelujah. <laughs> so endeavor means you go the extra mile. To keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now I said verse 4, there is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. So this is the unity of the spirit. The unity of the spirit does not mean we're going to all believe the same thing. Now let me tell you the truth. Till Jesus comes, not everybody is going to believe the message we're sharing. But they're going to go to heaven. But we're going to get as many people as possible going there. Listen, there was a, a situation that happened some years ago and I felt, I felt I was kind, honestly I was tricked. Whether I was not sensitive or whatever, I, I was honestly tricked into it. And I became a part of an organization that many of you know, I don't want to call the name, that I, it's a Christian organization. But I mean, I've never really thought highly of them for anything. I don't, I, I, I don't. So when I, I, they, I was tricked to get involved in that and they just tricked me into a meeting and all of them unanimously voted me into a position. They tricked me. I was so mad. I said, God, was I not sensitive? I was fuming and complaining for almost two months. One day, the Spirit of God just talked to me. I said, is it bigger than me to put you there for a purpose? I said, no, Lord, it's not. I didn't even ask you that. I said, but Lord, you know this guy. I said, he said, please leave it. But if there's not anything I've learned there, I've learned one thing. That the body of Christ is bigger than my little church. And that no matter what, there's some people that there, other people are reaching, you will never reach. Even if it's just for them to get born again, you can't reach them. I've just seen the shit. I don't agree with many, 99.9% of what they say I don't agree with. It's been a process of grueling for me. Because many times I just feel like, what is this nonsense? These people are my children. Hi. So we do the best we can to expose as many to the truth of the gospel, but I have to live in the reality of the fact that not all of them are going to walk in this. But are they not my brethren? And if I don't find a way to unite with them in the spirit. Listen, this country, we, it will remain the same way if we don't deal with this. Hallelujah. If we can only fellowship with people because they believe everything we believe, we're not going to have fellowship. But he's talking about the fellowship. The fellowship we have is one. He said, in, look at it. Look at what he said here. He said, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, as you are called in one hope of your calling. So we major on Christ first. Then what he has done. But Christ first. Are you here somebody? At least if you are born again, you have come in. 
At least we must agree that nobody gets born again from their mother's womb. We must agree on that one at least. Say la. I won't say more than that. Nobody gets born again from their mother's womb. Even Elisha the Tishbite that just arrived, God showed us that he had a root. He called him the Tishbite. So if you go and find the Tish where bites take place, you'll find where Elisha came from. <laughs> Nobody touched my bite. <laughs> oh, God bless Lady Hosa. So nobody appears from nowhere. From your mother's womb. You were born again. And you have millions of followers worldwide. Kai! Now why are but there's one body, one spirit, even as you are called in, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Are you here, somebody? So first base, if, I can, if, you're, if you have confessed Christ, I should be able to fellowship with you. What if I go to a place in this world where there's nobody like me? Will I not fellowship? Will I not find believers? Even if I want to affect them, I must forbear with them and love them as they are then it will open the door for me to show them what I have. Many of us have been so toxic with the truth of the gospel. We carry it with toxicity. But the Bible said we should speak this truth in love. That means we accept people as they are with that performance. Then as we demonstrate genuine love to them. Are you here somebody? It opens their hearts up. Then they'll be interested in the message. Instead of taking something, a, 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 a club and beating them on the head with it. And I tell you the truth, I was that way unconsciously. And I think it's my association with this organization that began to change my mind. God began to show me my prejudices. I didn't know I had prejudice. I didn't know I had serious prejudice. And I see some of these things, some of the things that these people are doing. My God, I will be crying and repenting. Coming to fellowship with some of them and see what they're doing. They don't know as much, I think, as I know. But what they're doing for Christ. Guy! So I told Lord, you know what? I'm going to partner with my brethren and I'm going to pray for them and trust you that possibly we can upgrade the quality of their labor as they come into the truth of the gospel. Because there's still a truth that they need to know. There is. That will rocket propel their speed. But I tell you the truth, I came to understand that until there's a unity of the spirit of the body of Christ, you see what's happening in Nigeria? It will continue to happen. Because the church has the answer. And it's not that we must gather under one canopy. It says that we must learn to forbear with one another. And we must learn to make the big thing the big thing. To major on the majors and to minor on the minors. I was, God showed me my prejudice. I didn't know I had prejudice. I didn't know I was, that was thinking to high heaven. But aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for the gospel of grace? That God accepts us without performance. That God has a way to just show us our mess ups without condemning us. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Then he went to verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace. Why everyone? Because every believer that's called, every believer is called and anointed to do something. There's no inferior calling. Paul said, I magnify my office. Everyone should magnify their office. But the truth of the matter is that there is no inferior office. There's no inferior calling. Are you here, somebody? Every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So Paul was talking about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There must be an endeavor. There must be a diligent effort. If not, it will not be done. Things are going to come out. Listen, we must develop the skill of disagreeing without being disagreeable. The only thing we can absolutely disagree on is falsehood. That's why we need to know the truth of the gospel. That we cannot, we cannot absolutely, we cannot. 
There's one person in my life that I had to kick out of the church. I was a privileged pastor. Just in the first, um, Dr. Rasmus knows him. Just in the first, um, was it the first six months or so? Because I had known this guy before, carrying a spirit of error. And I told them, um, my wife and Pastor Isaac, and everyone, but you know, it's okay, love, it's okay, love, walk in love. I know this guy, who It's okay, let me walk in love. Every time he would come after the message, he would stylishly want to correct me. I told him, I said, you see this guy, but this thing is today inside that one. Okay. So one day he came up and did something. My God. When he was talking about the deity of Christ, that Christ is not God. That Christ is just a messenger boy. So you, you saw him last week, but uh, he's still there in his confusion. Nonsense. So I stood up in church. I said, I'm the one that asked this guy to come. I take responsibility. I'm the pastor. I moved the pulpit from up to down. I came to face the people. I said, see this man. <laughs> I don't believe what he's doing. I allowed him here. I take responsibility. I'm the pastor. I said, what he's preaching is false. He's, he's wrong. And I understand he's been going around your houses and talking to you. So I said, me, as you see me like this, I've never been afraid to start again. So this evening service is for this. I said, you see that, that place? That's the door. I said, that's the door. Right now, if you agree with him, you and him, get out of this place. Get out! I said, I'm not afraid to start again. If it's just me and my wife, there's the door. So I made the mistake. I'm going to correct it. So, this guy now stood up. I said, what? There's freedom of association. I can associate anywhere. I'll call there to prosecute you. I said, Kai, that's the first time I've done that. That rev anointing came on me that day. May I have no issue like that. That's the only time. That... I said, I said, this young man, you guys, you call yourself ushers and protocol. Take this idiot out right now. Right now. Or you sort out to you. I said, get this idiot out of this church. He was shouting, they carried him. In fact, I almost joined them to carry him. I said, I tell him. But I'm not like that anymore, aren't you glad? <laughs> then I had to spend the next two weeks correcting it and teaching. Correcting it. But apart from that, as long as there's a basic belief in what Christ has done. Are you here, somebody? And even with that, possibly as you grow, there are possibly better ways to handle things. But it's just that that guy caused so much damage and I had under my nose, so I just had to be very drastic. Praise the name of the Lord. But the thing about it is to understand that we must endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. When, when, when rubber hits the road, we're born again. I said we're born again. We believe in Jesus. Our ultimate heart is to do the will of God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's a manifestation of maturity to have healthy discussions. It's called difficult conversation. And it's a skill you must learn. It's not everything you sweep under the carpet. You pray about some things, you learn some things, then you invite people. Let's talk about this. And you know, it's okay for us to leave that place and we're still not agreed. Yet we're brethren. Oh, hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Come on, let's shut the devil down, somebody. I said, let's shut the devil down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I say this in Christ. Jesus. Some of you, that billions flow is tied to this. Oh, oh it's tied to this. Oh, it's tied to this. Oh, glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we understand that, and when we begin to discern the body of Christ, that spiritually speaking, like you're thinking, say, we're one in Christ. That's the unity. Praise the name of the Lord. To understand that we are one in Christ first. 
Because if we're going to say that we're not going to fellowship with anybody except they believe exactly what we believe, we will not have fellowship. And we may not enter God's highest purposes for our life. And we may hinder our usability. Because if we can't enter their space, it's a mark of maturity to disagree without being disagreeable. If we can't enter their space, how can we change them? How can we change them? Are you here, somebody? Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Glory to God. I said, 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 Glory to God. Oh, there's some people, some things have been waiting on you for a long time. And like a dream in the night, you're going to enter into it. I said, like a dream in the night, you're going to enter into it. Because it's been hanging, low-hanging fruit. It's been waiting on you. But she said, and steals through strife. Philippians 2, 1, if there be therefore any consolation of Christ, in Christ, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercies, fulfill you my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. That like-minded doesn't mean that you agree on every single thing. It's like-minded on some basic spiritual truth. Are you here, somebody? I say, are you here, somebody? Then it says, having the same love. I know I won't have time to enter that today, but God willing before, God helping before then. Because, you see, my, my big thought in my heart is walking in the honor of God in the area of living and representing Christ in the love walk and shutting down strife. And seeing how the blessing will escalate in its manifestations in our life. I've learned this. That many times when believers are on the verge of a major promotion, Satan introduces strife. Strife. He will introduce it. And if you're not watchful, praise the name of the Lord, he can steal the next manifestation. Are you here somebody? Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Now verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. He's talking about the motivation of life or ministry. Are you here somebody? You see, we, 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 we walk in the great blessing of God because God loves us and Jesus paid for it. Are you here somebody? But we don't walk in it to prove a point to anybody. We have potentials to maximize, destinies to maximize, ministries to maximize according to what God has put in our heart to do. But we don't strive to do it. We don't strive in life or to, to, we don't believe to fulfill the truth of gospel now, see the truth of gospel fulfilled in our life because we want to prove a point to anybody. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. And what is strife is contention, is discord. Look at what happened to Abraham and Lot. Are you here, somebody? That's, dis- that's discord. Praise God forevermore. I mean, Lot just went wild. He total disrespect. Are you here, somebody? But look at how Abraham handled it. Glory to God forevermore. And the end proves how big Abraham was. So there's something about his contact with the truth of the gospel that did something to his character. Are you here, somebody? So let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind. Wow. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, hallelujah, but every man also on the things of others. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I said, blessed be the name of the Lord. I said, blessed be the name of the Lord. That means there should be this default setting in every believer's mind and heart. Praise God forevermore. How am, 
how is what I'm doing going to affect my brother? Glory to God. You see, let me just say this. The one that walks in this life is the big one. You discover, I love what, can we just look at Proverbs 28 verse 25? Proverbs 20 verse 25. We'll come back to Philippians. We'll come back to Philippians. You see, I discovered that strife is a proof of unbelief and fear. Because what you can't give, you see, if you're afraid to give up something, it means you don't trust that God is the one that rewards and blesses and increases. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. But he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. So what's the contrast? That discord, that, 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 that fighting for my right and fighting for my own way. When people can't give it up, it's because they don't believe that God is able to take them higher and God is bigger. It's a manifestation of fear. And that means that love has not been perfected. Are you here, somebody? So he said, let nothing be done through strife of vain glory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but also every man also on the things of others. Glory to God forevermore. Are you here, somebody? I said, are you here, somebody? Glory to God. I know Rev is not a perfect man, just like I'm not, but Rev is a man of love. Ah, Rev is a man of love, I beg. No, but not, not, not one of us here is perfect. I know some Christians believe they're perfect, but well, thank God for you. Are you here, somebody? All I need is just to get a bit close to you and observe your bad breath. Or get close to you when you're quiet and you don't want to show us that you fart. I know I don't like to get into such unspiritual things on this holy altar. But some people walk around in life as though they don't even fart. I usually tell people on the wedding day, observe your husband and wife. Look at the fake nails and the fake eyelashes. Enjoy the dress because that is euphoria. Look at your husband in his best element. For thou shalt soon be amazed. When thou wakest up the next morning and observest what beholdeth you face to face. Thou shalt say, Lord, help me. <laughs> okay, that's a joke. Okay, that's a joke. <laughs> Even though it's not altogether a joke like that. <laughs> me that I pride myself. I said, no, no, no. All these guys are snore. All these snoring implement that people. I beg, I beg, I beg. What is all that? Then one day, one of my daughters said, but daddy, you snore. I said, I don't snore. I said, how would you know? Should I record it? <laughs> I said, no, okay, I snore. Don't worry, I don't. I don't think I'm brave enough to listen to the recording. <laughs> There's some things in life that will just bring you down your high horse, man. You just calm yourself down. Let me wind this up with James chapter 3. I don't know if I've helped anybody today, but I tell you the truth. <laughs> Ooh, let's shut the devil down, sir. Opportunity for strife will come. Not outside, inside. Sir. Ma, the past seven years of my life and ministry, Kai. You know, I used to live with this illusion. I used to say, no, no, no. I used to tell people, I didn't used to tell people, in my heart I had this thing. I know with the kind of word we're teaching, covenant word. No, come on. What are we talking about? All this thing you hear about, no, the, no, the kind of word we preach. You know, Kai pride is a bad thing. You, you, you don't really know the kind of word you preach about. We're, we're washing people now. The word, 
Until one day I came up back from my office. And outside after service, I was just trying to rest after the service. I, I saw somebody come in, a protocol come in and say, Pastor, somebody wants to see. I said, but you know I don't see people. I, I'm trying to rest now. I'll see them later. Ah! They said, no, this one you have to see is SSS. I said, what? <laughs> I said, okay, bring them in. I was inspecting. I said, me, what? So they came in. Some of our people had done something, you know, and everything. And so from that day, sir, God helped me down from my high horse. When I started seeing, it's like they were just uncovering. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Then one thing after the other started happening. I was just observing. But you know, in the midst of all of that, in prayer, the Lord would just keep telling me, your labor is not in vain. Hold your peace. And the Lord kept teaching me things from inside, sir, and outside. I'm talking about that closest ranks within our church and outside. Betrayal, hurt, oh, just broke out. Are you here somebody? And I began to understand, blessed be the name of the Lord, that just because saints walk in carnality doesn't mean they're ain'ts. They're still saints. And you still have to love people and accept them without performance then correct them in love and keep teaching the truth of the gospel to them and most of those guys have become phenomenal now phenomenal now our most loyal guys now glory to the name of the lord jesus christ i said glory to the name of the lord jesus christ i said glory to the name of the lord jesus christ so sir when it comes to strife anything that can happen will happen but that doesn't mean people are bad they're just growing it's called carnality you still call it what it is. It's carnality. It's flesh. That one is not an abuse. It's just a state of being. Just like when you say somebody's a fool, it's not abusing him. That's what it's manifesting. It's not, it's Nigeria. They say foolish, foolish. It's just, it's just a state where you lack wisdom. It's not a very good state. So just convert and get wise. Who is a wise man among you? James 3.13. And endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Every. I say every. Strife opens the door. Can you imagine asking a hyena to guard your meat? If he can eat himself, he eat himself. So strife is like saying, Satan, come to my house and bless me. Just opening the door to the devil. Are you here somewhere? Can we look at this from the Amplified? Or from New King James first, then the Amplified. Where envying. One definition of envying is contentious rivalry. Paul was, I mean, these guys, they were not talking to unbelievers, sir. That's what I want us to see. They're not talking to unbelievers. So I'm trying to say that when you see strife stirring in the house of God, don't think it unusual per se. But we have the thing to shut it down. Somebody has to be bigger. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. No, we'll not let it foster or fester, but we shut it down. But we have the tools to shut it down. I won't be able to enter that, but I'll enter the next session by the grace of God. Are you here, somebody? For where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Hallelujah. Like our Ghanaian brethren would say, 
every evil work. So when you see strife, just now the devil is working, 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 working very hard. For wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, rivalry, and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. Glory to God. So strife is a manifestation of selfishness. I know that's the opposite of the love of God. Praise the name of the Lord. But for one to cease from strife is to find your honor. God has honored us. I said God has honored us. But strife can steal our honor. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I can't remember who this man of God is. but some, I can't remember. Maybe some of you will read that account of the Lord took somebody up in a vision and showed him how the devil works with people with strife. How they just... Can you see that sister? Can you see that brother? You know, the devil has a way of allowing information to get to you through very foolish people. So I had to tell them on, in church on Sunday, sir, this last Sunday, that please, I've not asked any of you to tell me anything. I said, if God does not show me, he doesn't want me to know. I don't need you to tell me anything. The Bible said, if you remove a whisperer from a, that's when strife ceases. You think people are helping you by telling you, ah, that person not like you. He's in the house of God. You look, just look at me like I'm not talking to you. He's in the house of God. You see what that sister said about you. Eh? See what even Rev said. Strife. To sow that seed. What you do with that is you shut it down immediately. Because the end of that thing is stealing, killing, and destroying. That whispering is, the Bible said here, look at it, sensual. This wisdom descended not from above. It's earthly, sensual, devilish. One translation said demonic. That means it's not demonic oppression per se at that initial stage. But it is that Satan is demons that whisper to people those things. Those thoughts don't come from the Spirit of God. And if you progress with them, oh, hallelujah. No, 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 no. So in the Spirit, God showed this man of God and it's like, Every time somebody listened to that strife and acted on it, it was like the devil poured feces on that person. Feces. Strife. Because Satan knows the only thing he can do to shut down that operation is strife. So, sir, when you see strife knocking on your door, shut it down with the love of God. Oh, glory to God forevermore. I said, glory to God forevermore. When you see strife, shut, knock on your, shut it down with the love of God. And you see that, I'll get into it more next, uh, next, um, next session, but by God's grace. But see, when you walk in the love of God, one of the things that we'll be looking at is like you're a fool. But the Bible said, let every one of you who thinks he's wise become a fool that he may be wise. 1 Corinthians 3.18. So there are big things ahead. Oh, there are big things ahead. I said there are big things ahead. You know, camp meeting usually releases us into all the residual blessings of the year. So I declare in the name of Jesus, every hanging harvest is dropping into your life. Every hanging harvest is dropping into your life. Every hanging harvest is dropping into your life in the name of Jesus. It's an honor for anyone to cease from strife. Yes, we are honorable, but something can steal our honor. Are you here somebody? 
What I mean by stealing honor is that it will hinder the thing from coming out in full force. Oh, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we strive no more. I said we strive no more. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 24 said the servant of the Lord must not. I love when Lord Rev was discerning, rightly dividing the truth concerning, concerning the law and laws. Oh, I love it. Because why will you find must in the New Testament? Are we not under grace? I said this matter you must do. That means you decide without feeling. No strife here. I don't want to know that I'm right, whether I'm wrong, whether I have this or whether I'm right. I don't want to know what happened. No strife here. It's all the devil anyway. But let me tell you the truth. When you decide to cease from strife, you know the honor that comes from you, you're tr- showing God that you trust him. He that trusted the Lord, like we read in Proverbs 8, 25, shall be made fat. That means every time you cede your advantage to somebody for the sake of peace, God honors you. He brings you into a fat place. Fat! When strife comes, it's because Satan wants to lure you into a lean place where your harvests are not manifested. But in the name of Jesus, I said in the name of Jesus, I said in the name of Jesus, what you'll see before the end of this year, what will begin to show up everywhere before the end of this year, Oh, hanging harvests are falling into place in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All kinds of things are busting and breaking loose in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion, every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. But the good news is the capacity to walk strife-free is in you. It's called the divine deposit of God's love. And we'll share about that a little bit next time. Thank you for enduring me this morning. Rev, thank you, sir. Come on, lift up your hands and thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Say in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. God's word has been taught to me. Faith has come alive. I walk in the reality of the truth of the gospel. Say in the name of Jesus, I seize my honor. I establish myself in honor this morning. I purpose in my heart to cease from strife. I refuse every appearance of strife. No matter how legitimate it looks, no matter how, no matter how it appeals to me, I refuse to strive. Honor is mine. I go from glory to glory. There are no limits over my life, no containments. I walk in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, put your hands together. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Messages are freely available. Visit carusoscloud.com slash profile slash Savannah Ministries for download. Or visit www.savannaministries.org for more information.